first time ever, this is the PD and PD podcast. Yep. Woo! Yeah, it's a big thing. It's exciting. It's cool. I'm your host. My name is Derek. Uh, with me is my co-host, Daniel. It's my brother making his, I guess, media debut. Uh, really hasn't done anything woo. like this before. Yeah, woo, that's cool. Daniel, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, definitely doing good. School's out, so it's exciting. You got a lot of free time on your hands now. Uh, no. No? You started working, didn't jo- you? Jobs sucked the life out of me. Yeah, welcome to adult life. Especially working in the fast food business. But, uh, you know, it's worth it because school's out, making money, so it's Daniel's, definitely worth it. Daniel is a little bit younger, so he's just now starting his first job. But he's knowledgeable, right? Yeah. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. See, what, you, what, you're saying I know what I'm talking about when it comes to sports? When it comes to sports, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, I, 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 know, I know more about you. I know more than you. So you'll figure that out pretty fast. Okay, sure. We'll We'll get to that in a second. But... Yeah, it's good that you know a lot about sports because that's that's what this is all about. We're going to talk about sports. sports. All the sports. Yep, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do all the sports. So this week's going to run a little bit differently. Uh, We're going to be a little bit longer than we would like to. Um, Obviously, with this being the first episode, um, we're going to you know tell you who we are and what we're about and and what our hopes for this podcast uh, are moving forward. And and then as we get on later into the, we're expecting big things. We are expecting big things. Yeah, thanks for interrupting me. As we, get, <laughs> as we get later into it. I'll do it again if you want to. It. Yeah, you, you do it a lot. As we get into the meat of the show a little bit later, um, we're going to you know, we're gonna hit on the NBA Finals. I don't know if you watched the NBA Finals. I know a lot of people didn't watch them. I know a lot of people didn't want to watch the NBA Finals. Especially I did watch the them, but I did not want to. Right. That was the sentiment I got from a lot of people. But they happened. It was a big deal. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. Uh, afterwards, Bob Stoops retired. We're going to hit that, and we're going to talk about what that means for the state of football in Oklahoma and the Big 12 moving forward. And then right at the end, we're going to get some words of wisdom from Daniel on the Stanley Cup playoffs and uh, the Penguins winning. And, you know, back to back? Back to back, yep. And, and I don't have a lot of knowledge about the NHL. Uh, I'm not, well, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Derek. Basketball is my thing and hockey and soccer, you're a little bit more knowledgeable than I am. So we kind of balance each other out on all the major things. So we're good. We got a, we got a good thing going here. Uh, so we're going to get to that a little bit later. But for right now... Just tell you a little bit about us. Uh, Daniel, who are you? Tell the people what you want them to know about you. Um, well, I'm going to be a senior in high school. I'm just, I'm excited to do this because I just, I love sports. I'm all about the sports. All the sports. All of the sports, definitely. And it's really cool to get to do something like this. And I feel like I could get to show off my just, you know, knowledge. And neither of us have really done a podcast before, so we're both really excited about this thing. Um, I'm Derek. For those of you that probably don't know who I am at this point, Dr. Petey, you know, just graduated from OU, looking for a job. So if you need something done, hit me up. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. We, we both love just sports in general, and we love uh, the passion that comes with this game, football and basketball and baseball and soccer and, and everything really in general. We Love it. And we always have. So we're going to talk about it, and we're going to be goofy, and we're going to be stupid, and it's going to be great. You know, as we move forward, we're going to do a couple of cool things. We got some things planned. Once we hit week three, we're going to start bringing some guests on pretty regularly. We're going to try to get our legs under us for the first two weeks. Seeing as neither of us have really done this before, uh, we're going to try to try to do some really cool things later on as we 
really get into this. And, and our hope is that this can be a pretty cool thing that you guys are going to want to come back to week after week and keep listening. Maybe down the line we expand and we do twice a week, a little bit more, maybe. I don't know. That's that's in the future. Uh, but for right now, we're excited. It's going to be it's going to be fun. We're going to try to keep it 20 to 30 minutes. I don't I don't think you don't listen to many podcasts, but probably closer to 30. Probably closer to 30. Yeah, you know, some people I, I see do 15 minute podcasts, and I'm like, how do you do that? And then I see some people that are there's like people that don't know what they're talking about, or they just don't talk about a lot. But yeah, probably. Or there's people that go an hour long, uh, and that's too long. We're gonna try to keep it in that sweet spot, keep it around 30. Today we're gonna run a little bit over, just because you know we've got a lot to cover, and it's been a pretty heavy week in terms of giving us a lot of content to talk about. We really picked a great time to start a podcast because after the next couple of weeks, there's not really going to be anything going on. Uh, except for, next week, there's not going to except be, for really be much baseball, but you know, college world series, how much can you talk about? Well, and then that's over after that week. So it's going to be great. We're going to have, we're, we're going to have some fun things, but we got the draft coming up. Uh, we got the NFL season getting kicked off. we got college Cups football coming starts in a year. So that means confederations cup this summer. Big it's gonna be great. We got, we're going to have some things to talk about. So it's going to be fun. MVP race ending about, Two weeks, finding out the Russell Westbrook's the NBA's MVP. Yeah, so we're uh, we're going to take a, a little short break here. Uh, we're going to take a second, gather our thoughts, and when we come back, we're going to get right into the show. Uh, so glad you guys are here. Excited to start this thing. This is the Beating PD podcast. Ideally, there would be some kind of ad or plug or something here that I would talk to you about. But seeing as we're brand new and we don't have one of those, I guess I'll go a different route. I kind of wanted to just take a second and take this time to tell you about a couple things that we've got planned for how we're going to engage with people that listen to this podcast and they come back to this podcast each week. One of the things that uh, I really love, there's a, a podcast on Spotify that I've been listening to for a while. It's a comedy show. It's a skit-based show. It's called Comedy Bang Bang. They open every episode with like a fan submitted stupid one-liner or a pun or a joke or something like that and i've always thought that that was so cool so we're going to try to do that incorporate that aspect into our show so let's say you guys send in a pun or a joke or something or like a funny saying or something like that maybe we open the show with that uh we love to we're going to try to take questions from you guys leading up to when we record our podcast and then answer those questions in the podcast that would be really cool uh daniel and i have have thought about doing something like that or we've thought about just asking you guys for input on what you want us to talk about overall and then just record the podcast based on your guys's suggestions and pick two or three topics that we really like and that you guys really want to hear about so those are a couple things that we really want to do um, just to try to figure out how to engage with everybody that's listening. Uh, we, we think that could be, we think that would be pretty cool. But I guess if you want to advertise and you want me to plug something here, I can always do that too. So let us know. And we're back. So if you've been living under a rock for the last two or three weeks, I guess, I don't know what to tell you, but the NBA Finals just happened. It just finished. The Golden State Warriors won. They beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Five-game series, four games to one. They almost went perfect. Not quite perfect, though. They lost game four against Cleveland. Daniel, I'm going to send this your way to start. This is the third year now we've had 
Cleveland with that Golden State in the finals. Is this is this what we're looking at for the next five years? Um, well, I think if it comes down to it, you take injuries out of the equation for at least two more years, definitely Cavaliers, Warriors. It'll Because LeBron's not going away anytime soon. Warriors are going to stick together, I think, for at least two years, unless the Celtics make some really good moves. But I don't think the Celtics are very close to the Cavaliers at this point. I think definitely for the next two years at least, Cavs-Warriors is going to be the finals. Right. So you, you mentioned the Celtics. Nobody in the Nobody in the West – is giving Golden State any concern right now? Not in your eyes. Well, unless the Spurs add Chris Paul and the Rockets make some huge changes, no one in the West is going to touch the Warriors. And even then, those teams still probably won't touch the Warriors. Okay. So we'll get to we'll get to Chris Paul in a minute because I want to hit on that. But what was your overall impression of this this championship series and this playoffs in general? Because it wasn't very fun to watch. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really, after the Thunder went out, I had no interest in watching it. Because it was just the Warriors steamroll through everyone. The Cavaliers barely got any... There wasn't a lot of challenge. There wasn't a lot of competition. Cavaliers didn't really get any competition on the East either until they got to Boston. And Boston wasn't really all that big of a competition to them either. Right, we thought Boston was going to be this this team that was going to take Cleveland to the brink, and they didn't really do that. I expected Boston to take them to seven, if not win the series, and that was a huge letdown. Interesting. I, I, I think definitely the West, obviously hindsight is biased, but if, if you look at the, the way that that series was trending, the Western Conference Finals with Kawhi Leonard, if Kawhi's not hurt with that ankle injury, they could seriously test the Warriors. I mean, they're up what was it, 25, 28 points in the third quarter with Kawhi on the court, and then he goes down, and all of a sudden it's a sweep. So uh, Golden State, got they got some, I don't want to say lucky breaks because I don't want to discredit their title because they were head and shoulders the best team this season. But, yeah, this, this postseason was really disappointing in the sense that, you know, the Warriors 16-1, and the Cavs steamrolled the East to get to the finals. The Warriors didn't face any kind of competition whatsoever. Uh, we thought – Utah was going to give them some trouble with defense. We've seen Utah give them some trouble in years past, and that, that really wasn't an issue for me going into it. I thought Houston was going to be the biggest challenge to Golden State just because I felt like if there was a team that could keep pace with the Warriors, it was going to be the Rockets and their shooting, right? And then, you know, they obviously can't make it past San Antonio in the second round, and you know maybe James Harden being – hobbled a bit with that ankle injury had something to do with that. We don't know. We don't know. You never really know how hurt those guys are, but it's also the postseason and you got to play through it. So you don't want to make excuses, but I would agree with you. I think Golden State and Cleveland for at least the next year or two, these, these are going to be the two teams that you look at and say, we're going to have them in the finals each season. Does that devalue the overall product of basketball that we're getting year in and year out? Do you think people are going to get, I guess, bored with it and stop watching because finals ratings were down. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like there'll be people out there that, like, they'll just lose interest because they're like, well, it's going to be Cavs-Warriors, so there's no surprise, and I don't really care to watch this. Right. Like, you can watch your favorite team, but if your favorite team doesn't make the playoffs, then you might not have too much interest in watching the finals, watching anything in the playoffs. Did you think that Cleveland had a chance? Realistically, did you think that 
that was going to be a series? Did you think that because it was hyped, the trilogy and all this other stuff, it was hyped as this great, huge rematch of these Goliaths clashing, and we didn't really get that. Did it, did you feel like Cleveland ever had a chance? Well, before the series, I felt like Cleveland could be competitive in games, but not necessarily. I never thought they'd win the series. Like I figured they could take it to six. They could win three and four at home, but that would probably be it. I didn't think they were going to take it to seven. If they fell behind, they weren't going to come back. The Warriors had too much firepower for that. And and the ghost from last year blowing the 3-1 lead. Didn't feel like that was going to happen again. They wouldn't allow that to happen again. I just feel like as good as LeBron James is, I felt like the Warriors had way too much star power to match what he had and what his teammates are giving around him, regardless of how Kyrie played. Okay, so one – Obviously, it's a sore topic around Oklahoma, but Kevin Durant wins his first title. He wins finals MVP in the process. He Maybe not the best player on the court, but very clearly the best player on the Warriors during yeah. that postseason. In that series, Kevin Durant was the best player on the floor all five games. LeBron was the first player ever to average a triple-double in the finals. But Kevin, as much as it hurts me to say this, Kevin shot the lights out. Scored 30-plus 30 30 all five games. Kevin had a really good series, yeah. But With LeBron James guarding him, he was unstoppable. I mean, they had no answer for him. He was the reason that the Cavaliers didn't win Game Three with that shot down the stretch at the end of the which game. is now framed already and on the wall in the Warriors practice facility. Did you see that? You got a big picture of him up on the wall. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, I wonder what it feels like to be Clay Thompson right now. You were the number two guy, and now you're number four, sitting on the back of the podium. I saw your tweet sitting on the back of the podium, looking. Well, his face, All sad and gloomy. He got stuck behind even players coming off the bench. He got stuck behind David West and Sean Livingston. And just his face, while he's sitting back there, even though Doris Burke's trying to find him, his face just speaks a million words as to how I think he probably feels. I, he, he has the capability of being a star for probably two-thirds of the teams in the NBA, being the number one guy. Right. He, he could be a number one option. And on a, instead, on he's, he's winning titles. But at the at the cost he's paying, he's right. number four. Right. Like you see all this like big three stuff, Cavaliers big three versus Warriors big three. It's Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Steph Curry. You don't think about Clay Thompson. I think people think about Clay Thompson. I think people I think the, the era of the big three is gone after Kevin Durant has come to Golden State. Now it's just about super teams and how many star players can you have on one team? I think that's the era we're kind of moving into because the big three is kind of done now because Cleveland had a big three and it obviously wasn't anywhere near close to being enough. Uh, but back to Kevin Durant, a lot of people said the torch was passed. LeBron's been to seven straight finals. It's now Kevin Durant's turn. No. I see you shaking your head. No, you don't think that? I mean, yeah, he played really well that series, but he's – He's the second best player in the NBA. He's not the best player in the NBA. But you, you said he was the best player on the court in that series. So he's the, that torch hasn't been passed yet. No, like he could be the best player on the on the floor in that series. Doesn't mean he's passed LeBron James yet. Okay, I agree with you there. I, I don't. LeBron's been to seven straight finals. If I'm picking a team, if I'm building a team right now, and I'm picking one player in the league to start a team with, I'm picking LeBron James. Well, but if a lot he, of people would argue with that seven straight finals, and they'd be like, "Well, he's lost four of them." Well, but he's been to seven straight. I, I'm, I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, a lot of people would sit there and be like, 
Well, he's been to seven, but he's lost four of them. So, well, yeah, I mean, he he lost to Dallas, but Dirk Nowitzki went just bonkers at the end of that series. I am one of the people that believes that if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love aren't hurt in 2015 when they play the Warriors that first time, the Cavs win that series. Yeah, I would agree. Also, if Golden State never adds Kevin Durant, they just run it back with the same team this season. That 73-win team comes back intact. I don't think the Warriors even make the finals. Well, no, I, I, w- I would have. I think they fall to Utah. Well, if Kevin Durant had stayed in Oklahoma City, you've got OKC. I would have picked OKC to beat Golden State and go to the finals against Cleveland, and I would I would have had LeBron winning that series too. But, yes, he's lost four, but he's been to seven straight. If I'm picking a team to start to, to build and I'm picking a player to start with, I'm picking LeBron James because if he's on my team, I'm going to the finals and I'm going deep into the playoffs. Every year. Well, because you, you look at the top players and how they, like, impact the players around them, and LeBron James is the best one when it comes to terms of that. Right. He makes everybody around him better. And they, he was making passes in the postseason that just in the final series that were just truly incredible. He's going 100 miles an hour bailing into the paint, and all of a sudden he jumps step, hops up, and slings a pass to J.R. Smith in the corner. And, you know, there's maybe two or three other guys on the planet that can make that make that move. And also, you know, there was, I think about it, there was a play uh, in game five in the third quarter. David West and Tristan Thompson got into that scuffle after Kyrie Irving wrestled the rebound and forced the jump ball. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. The camera stuck on LeBron James' face as they were getting ready to do the jump ball reset. And I was just looking at him and I was thinking he was jawing a little bit with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and he just had that look of, the hell with this, I'm going to go get a basket. Very next possession, Cleveland gets the ball off the jump. LeBron hits a three. He's he's one of those players, maybe one of two or three guys in the NBA right now, that when they set their mind to something, there's not a soul on the earth that is going to prevent them from doing that. I mean, I classify Russell Westbrook in that category, that there's nobody that can stay in front of him. Steph Curry, that when he wants to hit a three, you're not going to keep him from hitting a three. LeBron James, when he wants to go get a bucket, he's going to score. So, you know, I would agree with you that, no, the torch has not passed. I, I think Kevin is probably the second best player on the planet. Keep going back and forth with that. But this final series really showed that, that he is really damn good. Kevin Durant was so special because he had the three guys around him that he did. I feel like you put Kevin Durant on a team by himself and he doesn't, his team doesn't have the same impact as it they don't go as far as it would, you say, you put LeBron James by himself. He doesn't elevate the people around him the same way LeBron does. Like you take, what you're to say. Yeah, you take Kyrie and Kevin Love away from the Cavaliers, and I still think the Cavaliers are probably top four in the East just because of LeBron James. Right, you can take the, the two of the three best players away from the Cavs to keep LeBron, and you're still probably going to the Eastern Conference Finals. But if you do the same, you take the three players away from Golden State and you just keep Kevin Durant? It's not necessarily the same thing, but maybe that's just because they're in different conferences. And the well, West we is saw really strong city when Russell Westbrook went down. It was just Kevin Durant. We saw that uh, in the Memphis series after Russell Westbrook tours meniscus in 2013. We saw that Kevin Durant. they lost four one. Yeah, Kevin Durant couldn't get it done. Uh, okay, so moving past the finals and looking at looking at a bigger picture, uh, this summer feels like. A huge, it's a big summer for trades, trades free agents, and free agents and things like that. The teams outside of Golden State and Cleveland this summer feels like a huge, huge turning point, I guess, in 
the future of the NBA and what we're going to see from a competitive balance standpoint, what do you see happening this summer? I mean, it's the possibility of like players to go and like team up with other stars so that they can go out and try to compete with the Warriors and with the Cavaliers. Like Jimmy Butler forced the trade to Boston, like figure out Boston and Chicago could figure out the way to pair up Isaiah Thomas, Jimmy Butler, Al Horford. Or, I mean, Boston could go out and sign Gordon Hayward. and Which is a very realistic yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a realistic thing. Not just, like, you got tons of things that could go into play here. Like, it's his old coach. Right. Like, I think I think when you look at it, you've got Boston in the East that has Boston, – they have a lot of opportunities to do something. With the number one pick, they could keep it, and they could draft Markel Fultz. They could move him later. They could move that pick for someone. You just see they look- could, Take him and then still add Gordon Hayward? Or, you know, they've got a lot of opportunities, but even further, oh, my laptop's making noises at me. Even further, you could go to the West and you could look at the Clippers, who, what happened, you mentioned before, Chris Paul going to the Spurs. If Chris Paul goes to the Spurs, instantly you've got one already superpower in the Western Conference that just got that much better with a top five point guard in the NBA. But you've also got a team that was a four, a top four seed in the Western Conference playoffs last season that has now lost their best player. I feel like the Clippers could go two directions. They could go, they could lose Chris Paul, and if they lose Chris Paul, Blake Griffin's gone. And if you lose those two, you trade DeAndre Jordan, you go into a complete rebuild because right. you don't have any other choices because you're not going to stay at the level you were with just Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and Austin Rivers running point guard. Right. But like. If you keep Chris Paul, you keep Blake Griffin, you keep DeAndre Jordan, then you still get your big three. You got a shot at Carmelo Anthony. And he, exactly. You can right. go get Carmelo, and then you got four guys who it's not necessarily the flashiest combination of players, but they could still go out and compete. And if they get – I mean, Doc Rivers is still a hell of a coach. And who knows? Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony are really good friends. Maybe Chris Paul is able to get something out of Melo that New York wasn't able to or Denver wasn't able to. I mean, I – and I know – Keegan Renault, if you're listening to this, you're going to scream when I say this, but Carmelo's still a good player. I still think that Carmelo could be a contributor on a championship winning team. He's not a number one option anymore, but he could be a number two or a number three on a really good team. I feel like Carmelo definitely needs to get out of New York because right. like, there's really no other way to say it other than him and Phil Jackson just don't like each other. No, They just don't get along, and he he's needs not a, the change of scenery. Right, and he's not a number one at this point in his career, and that's what they would want him to be because Kristaps isn't quite ready to be that number one. So we've got Los Angeles. You've got San Antonio. He stays. <laughs> you've got Los Angeles Clippers. You've got Boston in the East. You've got Cavs and the Warriors, obviously. You've got San Antonio, should they add Chris Paul. You've got the Rockets team that could do a couple things. I mean, Mark Stein was reporting earlier uh, that, you know, Chris Paul is going to meet with the Rockets. He's got a meeting with the Rockets. You've got Denver that's going to be really good next season. So if you they, were, they got to handle it right. If you were a GM right now, and let's say you've got one really good guy, you've got a superstar on your team, and you've got a couple young pieces, and you're looking at the rest of the landscape in the NBA, do you tear it down and say we're going to wait this one out and try to wait out the Golden State dynasty and just stay in a rebuild? Or do you try to go for maybe second best in the NBA? Like, is that a good enough? I feel like it's kind of depends on who you have. Realistically, I think there will be one team next season that will challenge the Warriors in the West. 
I, I and I've thought this for a while now. I think Chris Paul is heading to San Antonio. San Antonio has the ability to make that move work and still field a really good team. And I think that group could challenge Golden State. Probably not beat them, but I think they could challenge them. And then I think in the Eastern Conference, I I just don't I don't know what Danny Ainge is going to do with that first pick. And I don't know if they're going to, if he's going to want to pull the trigger on trading away the cupboard for a guy like Jimmy Butler. I feel like to get Jimmy Butler, you'd have, you'd have to for sure send the first pick. You'd have to add in Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, probably Jalen Brown too. I feel like to get Jimmy Butler, you'd have to give up a lot of your core. Maybe even, I mean, Chicago might even try to pry away Marcus Smart, too. And Ainge showed at the deadline last year that he wasn't willing to do that. He wasn't willing to give away that much. He doesn't get somebody. He felt like they were good enough where they were to beat Cleveland, and then obviously they weren't. We've got to move on. We're falling a little bit behind. Final thought. Way too early. Who wins the title next year? Golden State. Wow. Real courageous with that pick there, Daniel. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know, it's just... It's the easy pick, but it's going to be the right pick. So, Okay, sure. We'll see how that works out. Uh, Are you going to sit there and act like it won't be? Well, I would like to hope that it's not going to be them. I want to see someone different, at least someone different going to the championship. Well, I want to see someone different too. That doesn't mean that someone different is going to win it. Well, we can hope. Okay, uh, moving on. I don't know if you heard. Bob Stoops is out at Oklahoma. Did you hear about this? Bob Stoops retired. I did not hear about that. No, yeah. So, pretty big deal. 18 years, stepping down, head football coach at Oklahoma. Uh, it was interesting. What was what was your initial impression? I was very very shocked. I, it was it came as a big surprise to me. You know, I was just driving home, looked down at my phone, see Bleacher Report update. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what that could be. And I see Bob Stoops steps down as OU head football coach, and I'm just thinking, holy crap! Right, the world is coming to an end. <laughs> it was kind of out of left field. I mean, and I saw something from Jason McIntyre, which I don't normally enjoy listening to him but he, he made a good point saying that you know 54 year old head coaches don't typically step down in june when there's not a health problem there i thought it was really interesting just in the sense that i'm skeptical of these head coaches in general so it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up That's coaching because you don't like urban meyer well there there's no, I didn't. But that's something that you can learn from. I mean, the, I, I think Bob is still a really good head coach, and I think he's going to be a head coach in the future. I would venture to say that two or three years from now, he's going to be doing fine health-wise, and he's going to want to coach again, and there's going to be someone that will let him coach again. Maybe in the NFL? Maybe he makes his jump to the NFL? Maybe he goes to the Cleveland Browns. I don't know. Uh, he would never do that. That's a death sentence. Okay, so what do you see happening to OU in the future now that Lincoln Riley's a head coach? I think ultimately there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off. <laughs> what are you laughing at me for? <laughs> I think there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off. Um, you don't go from a, a, a guy that's a, a national title winning coach and a guy that's been there for so long and has such a legacy there to a brand new coach getting his first opportunity to be a head coach and just kind of keep on ticking. I think Oklahoma – there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off. I think they're too talented this year to probably really feel the effects of that. But I think moving forward, the following season is going to be a little bit more interesting because obviously you lose Baker, you're going to lose a couple more pieces, and then that's really going to be when people can see, okay, what can this guy do? Um, I was reading something the other day that when 
a power five school has transitioned from a national title winning coach onto someone new, it usually takes them, I think the number was 2.1 coaches to get to their next national title winning coach. And I think that's really interesting. Obviously, Oklahoma can be the exception to that rule. Uh, Lincoln could be really good, but I think that number is there. And historically, statistically, that's usually how it's been. So maybe, I don't know, maybe Lincoln lasts a couple of years and then moves on to something else or it doesn't work out. I mean, you know, when Barry Switzer retired, oh, you had Gibbs and Schnellenberg and Blake and then they found Bob Stoops. So, you know, I don't know. What what do you think? Um, well, I could see a little bit of a drop off. I definitely think I would definitely agree. Maybe not so much this year with all the talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball, but it could be possible that there could be a drop off this year. I don't think it's likely, but I think it could go two different directions. They could either be really good or they could lose maybe three games, but I don't see it getting any worse than that. But next year also, I agree with you that on next year will be his true test. Yeah. Right. I think next year is going to be interesting. I, uh, what games do you, do you think Oklahoma loses this year? Yeah. Yeah. Ohio State. A lot of people feel like, oh, you can beat Ohio State. I just I don't feel like they can go into Columbus and beat them. Okay, so you've got them losing to Ohio State. Do you have any other losses on the schedule? I think Texas could be a possibility. And uh, is Kansas State in Manhattan? Is well, Kansas, in Manhattan? State, Kansas State will be interesting. Uh, yeah, that game's in Manhattan this year. Uh, that'll be an interesting. I feel like game. that could be a possible loss, but I feel like OU's other definite loss will be two OSU. But if it's Homer, only, if Homer it's, pick. If it's only those two losses, and then it will be OU OSU again in the Big Twelve Championship. And I hate to say it, but OU would probably get the best of them there. Okay, I'm gonna surprise you with this. Saturday, September 9th, Oklahoma is going to walk into Columbus. Yeah, you're sighing and shaking your head. Oklahoma is going to walk into Columbus against the top five Buckeyes team. And they're going to beat them. You can book it right now. We can make a bet on it later. We can do something. But I guarantee you that Oklahoma beats them. Beats Ohio State in Columbus. I think they lose once this season. I think it's to Texas. Uh, which, obviously, can you imagine? Like, Are you as excited as I am for Lincoln Riley, Tom Herman wars for the next 10 years? I am pretty excited. Yeah. I think Tom Herman could uh, definitely bring the uh, excitement back to that rivalry. I think that would be pretty fun. I... I, I was excited about Charlie Strong and Bob Stoops. I was excited for Charlie Strong to be in the Big 12, but I also just love Charlie Strong. Yeah, well, Texas didn't give Charlie Strong enough time to work his magic. No, not at all. Um, it, is OU the, the Big 12 favorite again, back-to-back champs? Are they going to win a third straight, or is there somebody else? I feel like it's really hard to count out OU, considering how they always – manage to even when they're not considered the favorite they always manage to just do it clean house in the big 12 like two years ago they lose two non-conference games start one and two houston ohio state two years ago or is it last year this was last year last year last year yeah last year and they still they still go blow out everyone in the big 12 people are thinking osc is going to go into norman upset them and maybe not everyone and then p ryan takes a knee at the goal line (laughs) <laughs> a little tear comes down Daniel's cheek. Everyone's thinking that, and then Mason Rudolph goes in, struggles in the rain, and even though Justice Hill still has a good game, it's the opposite of the year before, and they lose again. Their running, their running game is successful, and the passing game just nowhere to be found. So OU is going to be good. 
Is OSU going to be good? Definitely. Okay, you look take, at the, you take look, your fandom out of it and just be... Okay, fandom aside, the defense is going to be... The defense has to have some work. The defense... The line has a, the opportunity to be really good. It's really deep. The linebacker core has to replace a lot. Losing Jordan Burton, losing Averett. And you still got Whitener in there who's a captain. But you lose your other two starters. And then the secondary, you lose Stearns, who's a fantastic player. You lose Lampkin, your number one corner. And you move Richards to safety, who was your number two quarter. And now you have to rely on a graduate transfer and a sophomore who's never started a game. They figured out the offensive line issue. They've got the same. What's that video of Mason Rudolph throwing something into the lake? Did you see that? I never saw that video. The what second, did he throw? Second year in a row, he just football guy on a jet ski going away from him in the lake, and he just nails a guy on the jet ski. Really? He's just Mason Rudolph. We'll also be in New York for the Heisman. We're going to need to watch this video. I thought Mason Rudolph was one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12 last year. I, I thought it was Patrick Mahomes and then Mason Rudolph as top two quarterbacks in the Big 12 last year. And he's going to get even better this year. I assume. Definitely. Yeah. The offense will not be an issue. But OSU aside, OSU is getting most of the Big 12 talk in the preseason. OSU and OU getting most of the talk. Will Greer is going to be really good for West Virginia. Uh, don't even try to talk to me about Will Greer. Will Greer, still brings back Will Greer is the prototypical Dana Holgerson quarterback. Right. Yep. Like, there's a lot of excitement about him with the Mountaineers. Like he, he's going to be good. He's, he's good. good he's going to be really freaking good. He's good at Florida. He's he, going to be really good. He's got the receivers around him. He's got two good running backs. The question is the line if they can keep him up and keep him healthy. So the Big Twelve, basically, what you're saying is the Big Twelve title comes through Oklahoma. Right now, the yeah. state of Oklahoma. One of these teams, West Virginia, Texas. A lot of people seem really high on TCU. I don't know why. Kenny Hill, quarterback, I feel like he showed us the kind of quarterback he was last year with better weapons than he has this year. I think we all thought TCU was going to be really good last year, too. I don't. I guess you just really don't know what to expect from TCU. It's right just now. it's the Gary Patterson effect because you look, Gary Patterson is the coach, so you're like, well, TCU's going to be good. I thought TCU was going to be really good last year, and they just weren't. A lot of people are thinking Kansas State's got shades of Colin Klein again with Jesse Ertz. Not necessarily the best thrower, but... An incredible runner. I can't wait for the day that Kansas is finally good at football again. They they have this five star wide receiver coming in that just shocked the world by recruiting them by going to them. I can't wait. Like hey, three years from now, Kansas, Kansas at one point had the number six class in the twenty eighteen recruiting. Well, I still remember years ago when Kansas had a keep to leave and they were like a top five team in the country. I remember watching that. Kansas, Kansas, we're on a different planet right now. Kansas pumped out the best corner in the NFL right now. Chris Harris is an undrafted free agent, best corner in the NFL. Playing with the keep to leave another guy from Kansas. Man, how does that happen? How do you have that good of talent? You know who my favorite player in the Big Twelve right now is Fish Smithson because that is just the coolest name ever. Okay, he's not in the Big Twelve. Kansas player. He's not in the Big Twelve anymore. Yeah, he's from Kansas. He's a he's a defensive player from Kansas. I don't. He's not in the Big Twelve anymore because he graduated. But that is quite the name, Fish Smithson. I feel like it's an exciting day for Kansas fans though because Texas Tech's really in the dweller, dweller, cellar, cellar. They're dwelling in the cellar. Word choice is not very good. Um, they're really, Texas Tech's really in the cellar. It's going to be Kingsbury's last year in Lubbock. Um, You've talked to me about this before. You, you're not high on Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. It's going to be Kingsbury's last year in Texas Tech because, or in Lubbock because his, his defense didn't get any better, and it wasn't very good to begin with. The offense got worse. And they lost their, their first-round quarterback. 
And the wide receiver that you had coming back that you're like, well, he's going to take all the pressure off of whoever our new starting quarterback is going to be is now in Baton Rouge. So you're like, Texas Tech's trying you're to Kansas and Iowa State, you're thinking we're not going to be 9-10 anymore. We might be 8-9. We're not last. Woo! <laughs> I think it'll be really interesting to see what Matt Rule does in Baylor because they don't have – not a lot of people are paying attention to them football-wise as much as they are, like, scandal-wise. They're paying attention to other things in Baylor, but not really the football team. They don't look at the football team because the, the football team is going to be just bad. I feel like Matt Rule is a really, really good coach. He could do something with that team. That might be interesting. They might be one of the more interesting teams to watch next season. Especially, I mean, they've got a proven quarterback, a new Solomon, the transfer from Arizona. His freshman year, he showed he, he was like, really good. His freshman, freshman year, he looked like he was going to be one of the future stars of college football. And since then, he's just been hit by injuries. He he, he could be really injuries good. injuries were a big. But the problem for that is he might not even start because they're looking at this sophomore guy. It was going to be interesting. Baylor's going to be really interesting because not a lot of people are talking about them from, a, from an on-the-field football standpoint. Like you said, not a lot of people are talking about them, and, and that might be a spot where they can really do some damage from. The thing that's always Maybe. made Baylor really good in the Big 12 is the fact that they've had defenses that could go out and get stops when they needed them to. But you look if their defense doesn't get stops, we know their offense isn't going to be as good. You got, I mean, all their quarterbacks are gone. The offense isn't going to be as talented. So you think if the defense is good and – their offense will go whatever quarterback really has to step up. See, I've just reached the point in the Big 12 where I just assume that none of the defenses are going to be good. Because, you know, everybody's like, well, maybe the offenses are just that great. I know the defenses, the just, defenses are that are just that bad. I just, if you want to play defensive, if you want to play a defensive position or be a star, you go to the SEC or the Big 10. Right. That's where all the really talented defensive players are going. All the corners go to the SEC and the linebackers Big and beefy the linemen, linemen go, go to the, the Big 10. Yeah, right. You, you, if you're a defensive player, you don't want to come to the Big 12 and then run around for 60 minutes a night. It's just not fun. Um, okay, so who's your title team? Who wins? Uh, we're gonna. I guess I'm gonna ask you the same question that I did to end the the NBA segment. Who who goes to the playoffs next year? Well, it's tough. I'm very much in favor of the thinking that the playoff needs to be eight teams. Yeah, because it's not necessarily that. Then you take. The eight best teams, you can take the five power five winners. All five of them get in conference champions since they all have championship games now. Yeah. And then you take three at large bits. You take the, the the sixth team, then right outside there, the best team from the other five conferences that lost in the conference championship game, or the best team out of highest ranked team out of the rest of them, then you take two from the group of five. Because the group of five teams are getting better. USF next year is going to be a force for teams to deal with. They're going to be better than Houston was. A couple with Charlie Strong. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they've got one of the best quarterbacks in college football, the guy that not a lot of people no know. No one knows about. Yeah. Quentin Flowers is going to be really good. Houston's got a chance to be good again. I mean, about the quarterback. If South Florida and Houston are better than Texas, can you imagine? <laughs> if, if USF finishes with a better record than Texas – they will never be able to live it down because then you fire the guy that just did better than you. Oh, Whereas goodness. if USF goes on this magical run, goes to the playoff, you just fired the coach that led an AAC team to the college football playoff, and then you look awful. A team with a fraction of the resources that, he, that Texas has. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
moving on. So, but never really answered your question. Well, answer the question then, Daniel. <laughs> as far as the playoff, Alabama and Florida State are probably locks. The winner between Ohio State and Penn State goes to the playoff in the Big Ten. And then from there, I think the Big 12 misses out again because I think USC is just too good. I think Sam Donald, best quarterback in college football. They were one of the – they were they were if probably they the best team at the end of last season. If they didn't three losses at the start of the year, they would have been in the playoffs. Yeah, if they, they had were, one less loss, they would have been in the playoffs. I, pro- I, I honestly probably would have wanted to see them over Washington. Because they would have put up much better fight against Alabama than Washington did. Right. So I feel like definitely Alabama, Florida State, Ohio State, and USC. That's interesting. That's I feel interesting like group. since USC is coming out of the Pac-12, they they have a really good chance to go undefeated, so they'll probably end up as the one. And then you get to see the Alabama-Florida State rematch in the 2-3. I'm not going to give you my playoff prediction yet. We're going to save that for a little bit later once we get closer to the season we're going to do a football preview uh episode or week or whatever we're going to call them um so moving on from college football uh another thing finished up another playoff finished up here a little bit ago the uh, stanley cup playoffs finished and uh your boy Sidney crosby and the penguins won their second straight stanley cup daniel I'm going to have to defer to you on this one because, you know, my hockey knowledge is super fantastic. But, you know, what was that? You okay? Continue. You okay? Yeah. Just OSU keeps getting these recruits just pumping out the offensive linemen. <laughs> Damn, it was like a little mini spaz attack. You, you know, started making sure everything was okay. <laughs> Last year we got one offensive line recruit. This year we got five. So All right. You got to get pumped. We're Pay winning attention. the in-state battle. Pay attention. This is more important than Oklahoma State recruiting right now. Okay. They're still going to lose to Oklahoma. It's fine. Uh, they're winning the in-state battle against OU for recruiting. So <gasps> there's a win. Yeah, well, Oklahoma just signed one of the best recruiting classes. We're not going to do this. Okay. Stay in the cup. <laughs> <laughs> We're working against the clock here, Daniel. Stay in okay. the cup. What was – just talk me through your reaction to the series ending, Pittsburgh winning, Sidney Crosby – well, talk to me. I've been a Pittsburgh fan since probably Crosby got there. It's just like, it's just, I find hockey actually to be really exciting. And when it comes to Pittsburgh, I just, I've liked Pittsburgh for a while now. And definitely these last two years have been really exciting. This year, I was pretty skeptical about their chances because the teams around them got better than last year. And then with all the injuries that they were facing, their best defenseman, Chris Letang, one of the best defensemen in the NHL, goes down. And then they just they had injuries around them. They had adversity around them. They went up 3-0 on Washington in the second round. Then they lost both games. It's tied 3-3. And you go back to Washington for Game 7 with your goaltender actually out injured for the game. And your backup, Marc-Andre Fleury, has to come in. And he's a freaking stud. And you win 2-0 on the road. And then they, they took a pretty good run through the Eastern Conference Finals to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Then you got more injuries. Nick Benino, one of their best forwards, goes down. Patrick Hornquist is hurt for a couple games. And Nashville played pretty well. No one really expected Pittsburgh to win it. They had a lot of adversity, but they still did, and it was really exciting. They're the first team to win back-to-back Stanley Cups since the Red Wings did it in 97-98. That's kind of a big deal. It's a big accomplishment. I mean, that's almost 20 years of that not happening. I mean, yeah, it's... It's exciting. It's a great time to be a Pittsburgh fan. Definitely hockey. I think people are definitely after 
years of kind of going away from it, it's starting to make a little bit of a comeback. The game six, the Penguins won the series last year in six. They won the series this year in six. Last year's game six clincher, the ratings for this year's game six clincher jumped 28% for the TV ratings. I don't know much about TV ratings, and I'm pretty sure that's a good thing. Probably. Yeah, well, I mean, there was there was a time when the NBA Finals was happening, and there was a college softball game that people wanted to watch more, and then you got the Stanley Cup Finals that people wanted to watch more than the NBA Finals. So that's saying something. Yeah, I mean, it was exciting. People were watching it. I mean, they saw the opportunity to go see Nashville possibly make history in their first career, in their, in their first appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals. They They very easily could have won it. But I think Pittsburgh is just a little bit better. Obviously, they got lucky with the refs' mistake in the game weird six. goal that didn't. Yeah, the goal that turned into a no goal it shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, they got pretty lucky. Probably would have lost if it wasn't for that. But we'll not talk about that. We're just going to talk about the fact that they won. I feel like Nashville should have won. I don't know if you saw this floating around Twitter or not, but apparently on press row in Nashville, I don't know what game it was for. But they had given all the media members a little pocket shot of Jack Daniels and a bottle of Pepsi. We're not going to get into the fact that it was Pepsi instead of Coke because that's stupid. But the fact that they had Jack and Coke for all intents and purposes for the media members, Nashville should have won just for that. I'm sure you probably didn't see that. But I was I did not see that. I want to move to Nashville now and go cover <laughs> someone in Nashville. That just, would be cool. I feel like the biggest storyline of this finals wasn't necessarily Pittsburgh going back to back, but it was Sidney Crosby winning now his third Stanley Cup. He's won playoffs MVP now twice, which is a pretty big deal. He's got two NHL MVPs. He's been the leading scorer in the league twice. He's got two Olympic gold medals, and he's won a World Cup of Hockey. Is he the greatest? Definitely not. I mean, he's not there yet, but he's only 29. I mean, you see these hockey players that are playing until they're like six or Well, he's, he's 29, so you see these players that are like, they're playing – like Yarmir, Yarmir Yager, if that's how you pronounce his name, I don't know. He's like 41, and he's still going strong. I'm not saying that's what Crosby's going to do because he has a history of injuries, but he's still got five, four, five, six years as the top dog in the NHL as long as he doesn't get injured. So he's got, he's got years to make it up, and he's still got a really good team around him, so he could still win some more. And, I mean, the hockey's still in the Olympics. The World Cup of Hockey is still there, so he can still keep winning these gold medals. He can keep winning the... Stanley Cup like he can get he's definitely top 10 he's not there yet but he has a really really but he has the ability to get there definitely he can end up top five top three by the end of his career I don't I don't think best player of all time but I definitely think he could get up there so he won't be the GOAT you know who is the GOAT right now Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook is the GOAT he is the GOAT I saw a picture the other day of a GOAT in a car with another guy it was just a random person and I made the comment that, like, hey, that's cool. Russell Westbrook's driving around with that random guy. Russell Westbrook is the GOAT. No one got that <laughs> joke, first of all. No one understood what I was talking about, which is a little upsetting. But Russell Westbrook is the GOAT. I just I feel like you could take Russell Westbrook's baby and take away the height difference, put him on the floor, and he looks exactly like Russell. You wouldn't even tell the difference. Did you, yeah, did you see the picture of Russell's he baby? Looks exactly like The face looks exactly like Russell. Like, it's a little you, terrifying. You take half – Half the face of the baby, half face Russell, you, they look like the same face. Like he looks like he's scrunched it a little bit, but it looks like like the nose and the cheekbones and everything. It's it's a little terrifying to see his baby. His baby looks really tall for being a month old. Well, it's Russell Westbrook. He's probably got some pretty good genes. They're probably from like Express or something like that. It's a bad joke. 
<laughs> That's what I'm here for, man. Okay, cool. So <laughs> on that note, we're gonna we're gonna call it a day. Thanks for listening. It's been a little long today. Uh, we're not going to. I said we're gonna try to keep it at twenty to thirty minutes, and we're pushing way past that right now. Pushing an hour. No, no, we're like in the forties. We're gonna be okay. We're gonna try to keep it a little bit shorter. It ran a little long today. We've got to tell you what we're about, who we are, and who you're listening to. Just the uh, first week. We gotta get. We gotta work the kinks we gotta, out. We gotta get used to it. Yeah, we gotta work the kinks out. It's gonna be fun. Uh, we're both really excited about this. That's gonna be a cool, it's gonna be a cool deal. So until next week, thanks for listening. This is the PD and PD podcast. I am Dr. PD. He is Dr. PD as well. Uh, if I can get him to change his Twitter handle to Dr. PD, uh, that would be pretty cool. But he's shaking his head, and it looks like that's not gonna be a thing. So until next time, we'll see you guys next Monday. It's too complicated. It's not too. All right. <laughs> Bye.